DW, the 77%. For another exciting edition of the 77%. Hello and welcome to the show that gives you a chance to be part of the debate that's shaping the African continent. I'm Eunice Wanjiro in Bonn, Germany. This week, we get to look at sexual and reproductive health. The COVID-19 pandemic has put a huge strain on health facilities, to some extent where the youth get better access to sexual and reproductive health services. Is this also the case where you're listening from? And if you had a sexual issue, would you visit a health centre? We'll get to hear more from the youth in Malawi, and some in Bamenda, Cameroon, will let us know how well they are taking care of their sexual health. Now, let's not waste any time and head on straight to Malawi, where DW's Miriam Kaliza is ready with a debate. Thank you so much, Eunice. This is indeed right inside the 77% show. I am Miriam Kaliza from Lilongwe, Malawi. Our focus for the show today is on how young people are dealing with their sexual reproductive health. I've got a team of brilliant young people who will help me dissect the topic. In the studio today, I have Krala Kafomba, a 20-year-old youth activist, also, we have Shifundo Robert Banda, a youth champion, Joyce Piri, a passionate young girl. And lastly, we have Hastings Banda, a programs coordinator for the Youth Advocate for Gresham Michelle Trust here in Malawi. Welcome to the program. Now straight to business of the day. We understand that, you know, COVID-19 continues to wreak havoc in our localities, but issues of sexual reproductive health rights still have to be discussed. Grala, please tell us. Are you guys able to access sexual reproductive health services in your area? Give us a picture of the situation currently. On a scale of 1 to 10, I can say that most of the youth are left accessing these health rights like 4 out of 10 for a number of reasons. So first of all, when you go there, you're not so very sure of what you're going to experience as who am I going to meet at the first place. You go there and then you find a person who's not at your age, like, like the person is older than you. So you'll be like, so this person is older than me. How will I start explaining my problems? How is he going to welcome the idea? So with that, they just go back. I'll figure things out myself. They end up doing something bad. At the end of the day, they hurt themselves. Some of the healthy services, they are far away. One cannot walk a distance of 13 kilometers just to access a condom. So you'll be like, I can't. I'll just use plane. So those are the most of the problems that we youth are facing in our areas. Lastly, due to this COVID-19 thing, most of the social services are mostly closed. So most of the people are, are failing to access those services due to these problems. Chifundo, would you tell us maybe what are the consequences these problems might bring to young people in the country? Due to inaccessibility of these sexual and reproductive services, there's a lot of things that are happening in our society. There's an increased rate of uh, pregnancies, of girl-child pregnancies, and uh, we also experience the increased rate of sexual transmitted diseases, for example, HIV and AIDS, which is indeed laying a lot of challenges uh, in as far as uh, youth development is concerned. Can we hear from Joyce? So what is happening if you can't access these services? Maybe I'm wrong. Mm. Are you sexually active? We have to start from there. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> okay. Since we are sexually active, as I've said, since we can't access these services just because of COVID-19, I can tell you our parents, they don't help us mostly. 
they don't talk to us about these issues. But the truth is, we go out and have sex. In programs, we do learn about those things. But parents, they don't talk to us about these issues. We have Hastings in the house, who is responsible for coordination of youth programs on different initiatives, including SRH. Tell us, how are young people dealing with sexual reproductive health? You know you deal with young people every day. What is the situation like? There are a lot of issues in our country where young people are really failing to access the services. This issue has to do with misconceptions and means in the communities. Most of the communities think that when one is going to access sexual productive services, that means he or she has studied sexual intercourse, which is absolutely wrong. Like at our organization, we tried to have a different initiative like a different approach to help the adolescents to be able to access the services where we had intergenerational dialogue. Because, like I said, it's about misconceptions at the community level. Now, coming up with parents together with community leaders like chiefs and even uh, religious leaders who are mostly listened to by the community members and bring them together on board and starting discussing issues to do with uh, sexual productive health among young people. It's very, very important and it has proved to be uh, a success. So I really think that because the problem now is starting the discussion about sex is taking as a taboo in our country, more especially in the rural communities. Now, if we are to start reflecting together with the adolescents and these community leaders on, on issues to do with sexual productive health, effects of SRH services and accessibility of the services, I think this will be a turning stone for us to uh, to achieve the desired result that we have always dreamed as a country. Interesting points there, Hastings. I just want to hear also from Clara. Hastings has raised few issues, important issues, as well as Joyce did raise those issues. Parents and everybody else in the community should come together and help these youngsters. Gradually. Do you think this is possible? I feel like it will be possible if we are to engage ourselves in community awareness. A lot of people are blindfolded when it comes to sex. A lot of people like hide. They feel like it's not something you can talk about it like whenever you're here you can talk about sex. Be like, this is not right. This is a scene what what you're not a fully grown up, you have to talk about this. You have to talk about sex when you're ready to get married. So right now, as you can say, you don't need to hide. We have high rates of pregnancies here in Malawi, mostly teenagers. Because they don't have that accessibility, like those information coming from their parents or their any friend. So we need to increase their community sensitivity and so that people can get something. If I have sex today, this will be the outcome. If I get this service, if I get this contraceptive thing, I will be helped in this way. A lot of people engage in unprotected sex. They end up getting pregnant. If they get pregnant, they're not ready. They're just children. What do they do? They go and abort. So if you can't access the... I'm safe abortion, yes, I was going there. So if, you know, I'm not working, I'm staying with my parents, I can't tell my parents that I'm pregnant at this, at this age. I'm still schooling, so I don't have any information about sex. What do I do? I go and abort the pregnancy, but unsafely. We Malawians are supposed to be helping each other when it comes to sex. With sex, it's a choice of a person. So you have to get some knowledge about it before you start doing it, because there are some consequences after it. Let's pause there for a minute and let that sink in. Sexual education is indeed important. But how well do you then take care of your sexual health? DW's Ngong Song Jean-Marie in Vamenda, Cameroon, met some of the youth who had this to say. My name is Adele. My sexual life right now is very dormant. I'm very sexually inactive right now because I do not have any ongoing relationships. So I'm away from sex and the likes. I'm quite abstained. 
Uh, as far as health services on matters pertaining to sex are concerned, I have full access. I frequently get tested for STDs, especially HIV, despite the fact that my sexual activity is on a very low level. I also have full access to contraceptives. I've been in contact with health organizations that do distribute contraceptives, especially to young people about my age group, and I have access to them just in case I'm to move from my state of uh, being sexually inactive to a state of being sexually active. My name is Tony. Talking about my sex life, it's actually been boring so far because um, I'm not sexually active. And um, when it comes to health facilities, I do actually visit health, fa health facilities. Not too often, but once in a while, I go there for some tests like the STDs and STI tests. We can never be too safe, no matter how secure we may feel. I intend to use contraceptive whenever I will be sexual active because being safe is very important. I am Larissa by name. Talking about my sexual life at the moment, well, I think it is good. Yes, I am sexually active. Why do I say so? Because I am not dormant in matters of sex. Well, I don't think I have any STD or STI. Why do I say so? Because from the last checkup I had, it shows I was negative, so I think I don't have any. And then talking about using contraceptives, yes, I do use them during um, any sexual contact. Why? This is for because it's for my own protection and to keep myself from not having any of the STDs or STI. So yes, I do use contraceptives. My name is Grace and my sexual life is okay. It's nice and it is very active. Concerning visiting health centers for matters of STIs and STDs, I do not because I'm free from it. I do my tests regularly and I don't have it. And I frequently use contraceptives to avoid such cases. My name is Paul. I'm not sexually active because I'm not in a relationship. According to medical facilities, they're all over around my area in which I can get to medical facilities concerning the sexual domain in my, in my life and any contraceptives are accessible since they are well accessible in case I'm in need of them in the future. While being involved in any sexual relationship, I can get them. Well, recently I've been sexually active given that my boyfriend is around. Well, I haven't been to the hospital because of fear of contracting the COVID-19 virus. And as for the contraceptives, I get them from a local pharmacy, from local pharmacies around. And it's actually very much accessible and affordable. My name is Noella and uh, I am sexually active because I am in, in a relationship presently. Where I stay, we have medical facilities, we have hospitals and healthcare services. And anytime I find need to visit any of these facilities for my health checkup, like to do HIV tests or any other tests, I visit them and they are very accessible and they attend to me every time I go. And uh, despite the fact that the COVID-19 has it has actually been a hindrance i've not actually been frequenting the hospital but anytime i go there i i get what i need that's some of the youth in bamenda in cameroon and you're listening to the 77 percent what do you have to say send us your comments on our facebook page dw africa and let's keep the debate going 
the 77%. Join the debate. We'll now head on back to Miriam in Lilongwe, Malawi, to carry on with a heated debate. Miriam? I want to talk to Shifundo. Shifundo, how do we get rid of this pregnancy? Parents pretending that their children are not having sex. Also, the young people themselves not wanting to talk about them with people who are knowledgeable enough. How do we end this pregnancy? Yeah, so it's about disseminating the information about this. People at risk, they have to be aware. They need to understand. They need to know that it is indeed important for them to be using these services. And of course, it is the responsibility of parents to take care of their children. But then they want to pretend that they don't do sex, but natural sense they do. Okay? A very good example, which is a practical one that I can give, is it uh, three, if not four, four days ago, I had an activity with my team. But then what I observed was that other people were able to come out and go to do blood testing. And of course, some were accessing emergency pills. They are also taking condoms and so forth. But then there was this other group, which, I mean, they were more or less like, we cannot do this. We don't do this. Like they and don't I, know what's sense, happening. Yes, but not just saying they do. Okay. So it's an issue to do with disseminating the information. They have to know. They need to have the knowledge that it is important for them to do this. Thank you very much. Joyce, I'm coming for you. Now that there's COVID-19 in the picture, do you think young people are having sexual intercourse a lot now that maybe they are idle at home? Maybe how can we prevent this? Or what should be done that these young people should be accessing services so that they know they're having sex but in a safe way? Firstly, I think mobile clinics must be conducted whereby... We know those service providers that do go in areas and give out services. There should be outreaches in communities, as well as I think youth-friendly services must be opened, and the social distance must be observed, and some protective measures to avoid this COVID-19 must be observed in those areas. Than just be closing these areas, just because we youth we are sexually active. Thank you so much, Hastings. Uh, do you have anything to say on that? Yes, yes, yes. I just want to concur with um, uh, Joyce say, and try to respond to the question as well. Say, of course, yes, the negative truth is that young people are engaged into sexual intercourse a lot with the fact that the schools are closed. Because the schools help the young people to be busy with schoolwork. Even the time itself, they spent about six, seven hours, sometimes eight hours at school. When they are coming back home, most of them are tired and they want to do some house chores. So with this COVID-19 and the closure of schools, a lot of young people engaged into sex. You can even uh, get as an example, the first time that the schools were closed, we had a lot of reports on teenage pregnancies during the, uh, that period. So that's the fact. And uh, I just want also to mention something about the access of SRH services. I feel like there's a problem as well as in, as well in our country in terms of the age of consent. So we do have HIV services and SRH services. Our policies and our rules are not clear on the age. What is the age limit for one to access the SRH services? So it's, I think, from the Gender Act, Chapter 20, there's a provision that everyone can access the services. But again, there's also a mention in uh, SRHR policy 2017 that the reproductive age group, that is from about 16 years above, can access the services, which is still not clear. Looking at somebody who is 12 years, 
10 years sometimes, they are already exposed into sexual intercourse. What is happening with this age group? So I think personally, I feel like if we are to harmonize these policies, let's say as, as a start, let's say the age of consent for one to access the HIV services should be harmonized with the SRH services. And this will give room for other adolescents to be able to access the services. Clara, I see you're itching to talk, please. Yeah. The only contraceptive, which is commonly known, like in rural areas, it's condoms. But then there are a lot of contraceptive which you can use. There's some pews, there's some loops. Yeah, no plant. Yes, that one. So it's all about guys having condoms. We have female condoms too, yes. But then there are a lot of contraceptive which you can use to, to avoid all these problems. Shifundo? Okay, all right. Uh, I just wanted to say something. You know what? Young people, they're always, I mean, they always bring excuses when they want to run out from, you know, from this important thing, right? Yeah, because they, there's this perception that most of young people have to say, you know what, they feel good when they're doing it, praying without a condom, okay? So they'll always bring these, you know, excuses and so forth, okay? So I think it's a message that we should be very responsible, you know, for our welfare. We need to be very responsible in as far as these things are concerned. So I just wanted to encourage my fellow friends that you accessing these, these services is not a crime and it's not a problem. It's a choice. It's a choice that you make because life comes once. And so you have to enjoy it in the moment. I'm not saying I'm encouraging my fellow friends to have sex, but then we have ABC. It's abstinence, being faithful, and compromise. If A fails, try B. If B fails, try C. There are a lot of options. So during this COVID-19 season, a lot of people will be, like, be staying at home. They have nothing to do. So people will just be having sex. I just want to encourage my fellow friends that they have to condomize and use these contraceptive things. Joyce, please. Yeah, I just want to encourage religious readers right now because most of the times, religious readers avoid these issues. I wanted to say this on the issue of accessibility. Mm. I think there's also this need that we need to have access points in remote areas. I've got a number of communities which don't have the access points for SRH services, which is becoming a challenge for young people, more especially in this pandemic period. So I think it's the time that maybe stakeholders should come in and then they should bring the services closer to the young people. I would suggest that maybe if they can be using the already existing youth structures, maybe to turn those you know, youth structures into pathway, into the access point for SRH services. Beautiful Chifundo there. Uh, Hastings, would you finish for us? Um, what's the way forward? As you can hear from the young people themselves as well, we do have the solutions. I think the best uh, approach would be engaging the young people themselves uh, to come up with possible solutions so that we can all have a smile on our face by the end of the day. Thank you. Thank you so very much. There you have it. You've heard from the youths themselves. Like I said, I had Ikrala Kafumba, Shifundo, Robert Banda, and Joyce Piri, also Hastings Banda, finishing the debate for us. Reaching that end, it's back to Bonn, Germany. To you, Eunice. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much, Miriam, together with your lovely guests. We've now come to the end of the 77% show. You can listen to this show and previous editions by visiting dw.com forward slash 77. Keep the 77% debate going by visiting our Facebook page, DW Africa. On behalf of the entire production team, I'm Eunice Wanjiro. Until the next time, thanks for listening. Yeah.